Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tim and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. And our good friend Front Row Kenny is on the show once again. How are you guys doing today? Most excellent. Kenny, what's up with you? Yo, what's going on, y'all? I'm doing pretty good. Hope y'all weekend was great. I think mine's pretty good. How about y'all's? It was great. I just want to say one thing before we start talking. Renee did not do the regular intro. I'm all thrown off from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got a formula. Stick to the formula. I get confused when we don't do the same intro. It is a little different, but uh, I, I didn't realize I was throwing everybody off, but I just thought I'd just introduce uh, Kenny right off the top. <laughs> no, there's a formula. I always this. get excited when Kenny's on the show, though. <laughs> I'm excited, too, but there's a formula. And when we don't stick to the formula, it's all completely thrown <laughs> off. Okay, so with that being said, I'm thrown off. I don't know where to go from here. Oh, well, let's talk. I guess we we'll go into talk weekend, weekend talk. Uh, how was everybody's weekend? Tam, we'll start with you. How was your weekend, Renee? Actually, my weekend was absolutely fantastic. And not because I went anywhere. I literally stayed home. And Tam, we've talked about this before. And Kenny, you will know this about me now. I have been Game of Thrones binge watching this show all weekend. And I, I never thought I would be that person. But if any of our listeners out there are Game of Thrones watchers, you can understand where I'm I'm coming from because it's it's I'm hooked. I can't stop watching it. And Tam, that's what I did all weekend. <laughs> that's a lot coming from Renee who parties almost every single weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. If Renee doesn't have a show, he's partying. So for you exactly. to be that addicted to Game of Thrones where you're not even going out the house, that says a lot about Game of Thrones. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> and Kenny, how was your weekend? It was a pretty solid weekend. Stayed in for most of the most of the time. It was raining here. It's been raining here for like the past four or five days. I think today is probably the first day it's actually been clear for a change. And for those that don't know, Kenny is in NASCAR country in Charlotte while Renee and myself, we're in Los Angeles, and it's finally, finally, the weather's broke here because we've been experiencing a lot of rain too. But I am happy to report that this upcoming weekend, we are in Fontana, and guess what? The sun will be shining. It's actually going to be 80 degrees. Well, it's going to be 79, so I'm just rounding it up to 80 degrees. But yeah, I'm excited about that. And as regards to my weekend, I pretty much stayed in. Sunday was all about racing. I watched the IndyCar season jump off, which was interesting because, shoot, early in the race, you had two popular drivers were out of there and then something happened with the broadcast. And it wasn't just NBC. From what I gathered, just reading some tweets on Twitter, it was pretty much a worldwide issue with the feed didn't show correctly and so they went old school radio style for a little bit if i worked at indycar i would be a little like okay this is how our season is jumping off but nonetheless watch the indycar race and then of course some nascar we were at phoenix 
So I guess we should just jump right into some NASCAR talk. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, your boy Kyle Busch, he swept the weekend. Any thoughts about that, anybody? I'll say right off top, I thought that was pretty huge for him. And now he's at 199 wins all time across all three series. So that's a pretty huge accomplishment for him to get this. this Kenny, how exciting weekend. is that? That is that is amazing. 199. I mean, you know he's he's going to be taking this into the next week and just and I'm not trying to go go way ahead to predictions or anything, but you know that he's got to be beyond cloud 9. I mean, 199 that's insane. Yeah, I would be too. I mean, he is probably one of the most intense competitors that we have. Love him or hate him whether it's for whatever reason it is. I do think he's probably one of the best drivers in the modern era of NASCAR, just given the fact that he's been able to win in everything and yeah. and knock off almost every single record there is. I mean, just as pa- just a few weeks ago, he knocked it off at Vegas for Ron Hornaday. He moved into the top all time um, in truck wins. So he's got that notch. I think next up, I believe, is going to be for him and Xfinity as well. I think Mark Martin is the next guy he has to beat in terms of cup wins. He actually did knock his record off for that many wins at one single track this weekend at ISM after he got his 11th win in Xfinity there, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So pretty huge record day for him. Yeah. Kenny, so you said that you believe Kyle Busch to be the best driver in the modern era. What about Jeff Gordon? What about Jimmy Johnson? Because they're in the modern era. And I understand your point that Kyle Busch pretty much wins in everything that he gets in. But if you want to backtrack to Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon, it wasn't exactly like they were running trucks or running in the Xfinity. They went straight to the big times. So is yeah, there I mean, a comparison he's... there? Like, what are you guys thinking? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I, I mean, I don't think he's necessarily the end-all, be-all number one driver. It's it's kind of tough between you look at Gordon. Like you said, you look at Gordon, you look at Jimmy Johnson. It's very easy to throw them in there. And I think even throwing Kyle Busch's name in there now might even be more of a possibility. He's yeah. only he's only two wins away from actually being in the top 10 all time in wins in cup in the cup series. So he's getting ready to flirt into that top 10. If he gets two more wins, he'll tie Lee Petty this season. And I think he also has a chance to pass Rusty Wallace, who is at 55. So he has a chance to move in the top 10 this season, which I do think is probably going to happen. But all in all, if you look at those guys and add them all together, I feel like they're probably the Mount Rushmore of the modern era. You get Johnson, yeah, Kyle Busch, and Jeff Gordon. You put those three in that era, I think they're literally the best we've ever seen, honestly. I'll just add on to that, Kenny. I think for me, I was going to say something this was about earlier uh, a few minutes ago, but I think if we're talking about right now, and here's the funny thing, Jimmy Johnson, Mr. Seven Time here, has become almost completely irrelevant and um, out of the picture for the last year and I don't know the the first four or five races of this season. It's it's a uh, he's become completely non-existent and the guy that's kind of leapfrogged him per se in front is Kyle Busch. He's been winning. He's been uh, doing more things than Jimmy Johnson has within the last almost a uh, little over a year. So I'm not saying he's all time better than Jimmy Johnson. I mean, I understand Jimmy Johnson is, you know, is Mr. Seven Time here, but if we're talking about right now, 
I mean, the only guy that's been more relevant is Kyle Bush. I, I mean, you know, other than Harvick and Martin Truex, Jimmy Johnson is just, I mean, this is my guy. This is my guy. This is my dude. And he has become <laughs> completely non-existent, you know, over this past year. And it's crazy because I'm rooting for this guy. I want this, I want Jimmy Johnson to come back into the picture. I really do. No, for sure. We're going to jump into some Hendrick talk in a bit, but I want to just add one more question or fuel to the fire with this conversation. How can you compare wins to championships? It's that whole argument where in most sports fans' mind, LeBron James will never be better than Michael Jordan because Jordan has the championships. He has the chips. He has the rings. When we talk Kyle Busch, Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy has seven. Kyle only has one. Yes, he's accumulated all these wins, but they're in Laura's series. They're in the truck series. They're in the Xfinity series. And yep. obviously they're in a, a good amount in the cup series. But we're talking championships versus wins. Just throwing that out there, Kenny, you can chime in. Renee, if you want to chime in. And of course, we'll make this a question for our followers and our friends to the show to kind of see what they think. But personally, I don't think you can compare wins to championships. Now, I'm not going to say that Kyle Busch is better than Jimmy, and I'm not going to say Jimmy is better than Jeff and vice versa and vice versa again. But uh, that argument is there. Championships, seven. Championship, one. And that's a good point. We could go on. We could talk about that for months, actually. (laughs) But uh, No, we we could, honestly. Yeah, exactly. What did anybody want to talk about it or should we move on? Break down Phoenix top ten? Are we beating a dead wait? I, I will say, say one thing real quick. Head, but go ahead. So also just a correction on the stat I mentioned earlier. Kyle Bush is actually the all time winningest driver in both Xfinity and the truck series. He has ninety two wins in the Xfinity series. He topped Mark Martin a long time ago. I just wanted to make sure that was clear. But going back to the championships versus the wins. It's tough in every single sport to talk about this, just like you made the comparison with Michael Jordan and LeBron James. A lot of people see him as the greatest player of this generation currently, or even some all time, while others are looking at Michael Jordan and they're like, well, he's got seven rings. He's done this. He's done that. He's never lost in the finals versus LeBron has. Again, with the wins, drivers have uh, accumulated tons of wins like him. David Pearson has 105 wins. And you look at, you look at these drivers and you're like, well, they got a lot of championships. Like Jeff, Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson have multiple championships while Kyle Busch only has one. It's easy to make, I think it's very easy to fall into that trap and look at it just based on that. But if I'm going with currently where we're sitting at right now amongst active drivers, I think there's without a doubt, I can go with Kyle Busch being the best of the best. I know Jimmy Johnson has his seven titles, but he just hasn't been on it for the last two years or so. But Kyle Busch just has not lost it one bit. The disrespect for Jimmy Johnson is real. And I'm not talking about what you just said. But even if you think back to earlier episodes of the podcast, what what is this, the fourth podcast of the season? Even last year, I started calling Jimmy Johnson Mr. Can't Get Right, but not in a disrespectful way, but just to his current situation. I feel like how quickly we forgot that Jimmy dominated. 
No, he did. For he had years. his courses of dominance. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. He had his no, courses I just wanted of domination, to add of course. Can't forget. It's I won't say I can't like forget that, but if I'm talking right now, what's going on right now, that's what I'll say. But Kenny, you know, everything no that you guys are saying right now is based on Kyle Bush's history of winning. That's all that I'm saying. I just feel as if the disrespect has become real with Jimmy Johnson. <sighs> like at some point, maybe he needs to shut the haters up. Sure. I mean, he had a good run. He looked better than what he has in the past year and a half or so. So okay. Hendrick may get it together. I don't know. Yeah. It's been it's been rough to see him that way because, again, like you said, as a seven-time champion and a guy most of us have watched dominate in the last decade or so, it's kind of weird to see him fall off a cliff like this, you know? Yeah. But what cliff? He's just not winning. I mean, he what has it been? Sixty seven races. That's now? the thing. Yeah, that's and that's the, the thing. thing. It's like we're, we're, but you guys act like we're so I, I don't you got to think about how like used you are to him winning. He almost won every single thing for seven years straight. That's what I'm saying. That's why I say there's like a decline in that right now. This is like no way I can deny the fact that he's declining in that in that regard. Yeah. He used to win all the time. He went winless last season, which is the most unusual thing possible. So it's not that, that no one respects Jimmy Johnson. I just think we're at the stage where we're probably going to see him phase out in the next, what, two or three years or so when he decides to retire, which seems like it's going to happen. Yeah, no doubt. That's definitely happening. Well, if he can't get it right, he definitely is going to retire. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's without a doubt. Here's a question. This is a yes or no. No commentary needed. Oh, man. Is it Jimmy Johnson or is it the equipment? Renee, yes or no? Jimmy or the equipment? Uh, wow. How you set us up like this? <laughs> uh, Renee? <laughs> I'm going to say, gosh, boy, yeah, you really put us on the spot there. <laughs> well, Kenny, you answer and then Renee, come back to Renee. Kenny? Equipment or Jimmy Johnson? Yeah, boy, you got me on that one. I'm actually going to go equipment. That's what I'm going to stick with. Okay, Renee, equipment or Jimmy Johnson? You know, I'm going to go I'm going to go with Jimmy Johnson. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say Jimmy Johnson. Oh, man. Wow. Okay. Less since you mentioned, Kenny, that Jimmy ran great at Phoenix. Let's break down the top 10. Kyle Busch, as we all know, Rowdy took the checker flag, Martin Truex Jr., who I feel like we haven't been talking about that much this season, but hopefully those that'll change and we'll be saying his name a little bit more. He came in second. Ryan Blaney came in third, and we're going to talk about Penske in a bit, Team Penske, that is. Eric Amarola, who actually led a couple of laps, he came in fourth. Denny Hamlin came in fifth. Kyle Larson, sixth. Kurt Busch, seventh. Jimmy Johnson came in eighth, so he's finally got back in the top ten. Kevin Harvick, ninth, who most people predicted that he would actually win based on his history of winning at Phoenix. I mean, he came in the top ten, but wasn't like we heard Kevin Harvick's name all day. And then Joey Logano rounded out the top ten. Notables, Clint Boyer who at one point, I believe, was in second. He came in 11th, and Ryan Newman came in 12th. And I just wanted to mention his name because clearly his fortune has changed since he's changed teams. I don't want to say it's Ryan Newman. I don't want to say it's the equipment, but I will say 
it's changed whatever it is since he's switched teams this season. And what other notable? Oh, William Byron came in 24. So the 24 came in 24. And who else? Where did Chase come in at? 14th. Okay, so... He was right outside the team. Yeah, was he 14th? Yeah, Chase was 14th, correct. And then what other... Oh, and Alex Bowman, who technically, untechnically, was in his hometown. He came in 35th. And Michael McDowell came in 36th, just because we have to mention him because of the scuffle. And (laughs) we know him and Daniel was a hot topic this weekend. And... Where did Daniel come in? And, of course, I'm reading this out of order at this point. Daniel Suarez came in 23rd. That is your top 10 from Phoenix, and those are your notables. Should we talk about the scuffle at this point? Do you guys want to talk a little bit more about Kyle Busch? Because Kyle Busch, basically, he's setting records. Kenny, what do you think? I mean, you're, you're, you're the... What is it called? The stats guy. What's the proper term for the stats guy? <laughs> um, statistician, I think. Statistician, yeah. Think yeah. Okay, so statistician. I done messed the word up. You know what I'm saying. Y'all know what I'm saying. Go ahead. <laughs> um, it's a it's a huge weekend for it was again, like I said before, it was a big time weekend for Kyle Bush adding to that win total again. And I remember there was a question actually on Fox Sports a few days ago and they were asking, Was he gonna get his two hundredth win in, in total? By the end of the West Coast swing, judging by the way things are going at the moment, there's a very high chance of that happening. But it was a solid day for him. I feel like he hung around quite a bit. He wasn't when he wasn't in the lead when Ryan Blaney was ahead. The only thing that really probably saved him was a really good pit stop. They played pit strategy well. They had enough fuel to get to the end. Ryan Blaney, unfortunately, was two laps short, so he had to basically coast his way and try and see if maybe a caution would happen. But Fate didn't work out that way for him, so he ended up giving way to Kyle Busch. Martin Truex Jr., speaking of him, just like you had said, we hadn't really heard his name too much this season. He actually almost caught him. In those last 10 laps, he was down about three seconds, and he almost caught Kyle Busch. If he had about another 10 laps to his name, we probably would have had a completely different finish, maybe a side-by-side finish at the end at the line. I don't know, but it was a great weekend for him. Overall, sweeping the weekend once again, and I think he may have a a good shot at doing so at Fontana as well. Yeah. Okay, Renee, do you want to weigh in on that, or do you want to jump into the hot topic of the scuffle? (laughs) It's up to you where we go from here. I want to jump into the hot topic of the scuffle because I'll be honest with you. uh, I mean, I I think we've given I think we've given enough credit to Kyle Busch uh, for right now, (laughs) but. well, some would say they're over the scuffle too, but go ahead. <laughs> Here's the thing, and uh, and I know that that I did a video uh, for it uh, after it happened, but it's like I stated in the video. I thought that this was good for NASCAR, not in a mean spirited way, not in a negative way, but I just thought it's what NASCAR needs because I don't think we've ever really seen much of this kind of uh, emotion from. Daniel or McDowell, and if maybe never, I don't know, but I know it's probably been a long time since we ever seen emotions like that out of anybody lately. But I thought it was good for NASCAR, only for the sense of that 
you know, now we're starting to see some emotion. Now we're starting to see some passion. We're starting to see guys uh, getting itchy and and uh, this emotion of just like, okay, well, you know what? Don't push me. I'm going to push you right back. And uh, I love it, to be honest with you, tell you the truth. You know, we talk about personalities all the time, Tam. We talk about personalities and like, and going back to Kyle Bush, here's another guy on top of all the stats that he's he's doing right now and all the wins. He's at 199. Well, he's also the guy who has the emotion. And whether you like him or not, love him or hate him, he's the one guy that you just see emotion from all the time. Last week, last week when we were in Vegas, Tam, you got some great footage of Kyle Busch walking right up to the media. And you could tell just by his demeanor, his body language, walking up to the cameras. You knew he was going to say something sarcastic and kind of <laughs> funny, I guess. Because that's his personality. He doesn't care. He doesn't give a crap. He's going to give you some some raw. He's going to give you some raw stuff right there on camera. And whether you like it or not, that that's just who he is. But now we're starting to see this from Daniel McDowell and who knows who else. I love it. And those are my two cents on that. And I'll let you guys weigh in on it. Renee, I totally agree with you. It was great for NASCAR. As I tweeted from our Twitter account, and if you're not following us, the Twitter account is at Turns No Breaks, and we're also on Instagram, just want to add that. I thought it was great for NASCAR because, one, you had, at one point, Michael McDowell was in the top 10 trending topics worldwide on Twitter, and Daniel Suarez was in the top 20. Not only were both of these guys trending worldwide on Twitter, even the New York Times posted an article. Now, granted, the article, I think it was just a repost from the Associate Press, but they still posted an article. That's huge because it's, you know, we we get a lot of publicity at the beginning of the season because of the Daytona 500. But when we're at a place like Las Vegas, the media can care less unless they cover NASCAR. So when we're at a place like Las Vegas or Phoenix, the media can care less about NASCAR. So for a big outlet like the New York Times and other outlets that that wrote about the story, that's just great publicity for NASCAR. In regards to the scuffle, as I stated before last year, well, not, I won't say, well, I guess technically it was last year, but this season, I thought Daniel Suarez was a better addition to Stuart Haas Racing than Eric Amarola in terms of personality because Daniel has the fire. He has the moxie. He has the, you want it with me? I'm going to bring it to you. He has the Tony Stewart-ish type feel to him. And he proved me to be right because he walked right up to Michael McDowell. You guys saw the footage. I don't personally think he went to Michael McDowell with the intentions on throwing some bowls, but Michael tried it and Daniel slammed him. And that just pretty much how it unfolded. So, and the one thing that you did miss, Tam, that he is and that he does have, he has Latino blood in him. That is the Latino in us that we don't, that, that's fire. It's right there. Here you're going to go. I'm Latino and that's just who we are. Sometimes we get a little emotional, but that's us. Well, hey, here's the thing. If I walked up to somebody to talk and they pretty much start swinging, it's on. So Daniel was like, oh, this how you want to do it? And I'm telling you, <laughs> Michael McDowell got his butt kicked. I mean, it wasn't that much of a, a scuffle or a fight, but he got his butt kicked and he had on his helmet. Ooh. I thought it was, his crew chief or whoever that was. Saved on his shoe. 
Yeah, yeah that I was mean, weird. That was super weird. Because I think he was trying to pull him from the grasp of the guy who was holding him back. But if you guys notice, at one point, Daniel had his hand around that guy's throat. Yeah. So yeah, you can't yeah, ever be mad it. at Daniel. Daniel walked up <laughs> to them, unlike two years ago. Was that two years ago or last year with Kyle Bush and Joey Logano? See, that was like two years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it was Vegas, two years so ago, two right? Years ago. Yeah, that was two years mm-hmm. ago. Kyle Bush walked up to Joey and got stumped. It didn't happen for Daniel. Daniel walked up to Michael McDowell and Michael got slammed. I thought it was good for NASCAR. In fact, I enjoyed the scuffle. We already yeah. have established that Tam is feisty. So it was all <laughs> right with me. In fact, I'm glad that it happened. We needed that. Kenny, I don't know if you wanted to add anything, but I also wanted to talk about ratings since we're talking about the scuffle. Because, again, I I felt that it aided NASCAR moving forward. But the conversation of the new aero package. Uh Oh, my goodness. I just got a headache the minute I said the word package because I'm tired (laughs) of talking about it. But there's been some conversation that the new package, the new aero packages actually helped NASCAR this season. I will say this, uh, just real quick. I'm, I, I'll just make a small comment on this. I don't care what kind of package it is, but apparently whatever it is, it has created uh, a positive thing in NASCAR. And I'm, for me personally, I'm glad to see that, the, that it's given a positive thing to NASCAR this year. And whatever helps create more attendance, whatever helps create people to get their butts out to the races, Instead of just watching it on TV, I'm all for it, guys. And uh, the more, the merrier. And that's that's my take on it. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely agree on that 100%. Um, real quick about the fight. I personally thought that was pretty interesting. I haven't seen anything that crazy. It was the most relaxing, chill, laid-back Friday. And up until my entire tweet deck went crazy, there's a fight. There's a fight. I'm like, no, it's no way. Then the video came out. I'm like, that's insane. But I think that's a good thing for NASCAR overall, just even piggybacking on the fact that we're talking about ratings. I think that was something different. I mean, I don't know how qualifying is viewed on a regular basis. I don't. I doubt it's very high because it's on a Friday evening. Most people ain't really thinking about that, quote unquote. But I thought that was pretty cool that that happened. A lot of emotion from Suarez. That was, that was pretty neat. He definitely dropped him. I don't care what nobody says. He dropped him for sure. But... As far as the package, I'm not sure if that's, I'm not sure if that's the end all be all in terms of why we're getting the game, but I think it may actually pique some more interest as we move along throughout the season because so far, if you've noticed, each race this season, we've actually had something different every single time. So we go to Daytona, we're in our traditional pack, um, traditional plate package, then we go to Atlanta, we're in it, we get the first glimpse of the package. We go to Las Vegas, we get a, a tweaked version of it as well. We might have got a somewhat similar race, but there were some differences, obviously. Then we come to Las Vegas, I mean, we come to ISM in Arizona, and we go with 750 horsepower. We've got a lot more downforce. It seemed like there was a lot of strategy. Teams, I did, I also did notice teams took a chance with the tires that Goodyear gave them this year, and a lot of teams blew a lot of guys blew tires. A lot of guys wrecked. So that was a big thing in that. But I I hope going forward, that's going to keep people's interest because we really don't know what lies ahead every single week we hit the track with the different variation of the new rules package. So I think that's going to help people be drawn in because you don't know what you're going to get per racetrack. So yeah. 
it may help out for the rest of 2019. I did want to add one other thing. We haven't talked about it much. And maybe we haven't talked about it because we're in what? Our fourth race of the season? Our third. We're going into our fourth race. Well, no. Yeah. Daytona, Atlanta, Las Vegas, and Phoenix. So we've had four races four, already. We're going into our fifth, yeah. So we're going into our fifth. We haven't talked about it a lot, but nobody's really talked about Ford and the transition and how it seems like it was seamless because we've had a couple of Fords in victory lane already. So that's yeah, I, not even I a conversation, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have brought it up. It doesn't seem to be a point. Look, No, I don't uh, think it's a bad point because last year around this time, all we heard was that the Fusions had a problem and it was just that time. I mean, it was the oldest body out there, but I guess Mustang truly, or Ford, so to speak, really went out and did their homework and got these cars ready for 2019. And I think they had enough time to really work on that package that we have today and it's shown so far i mean you look at the top 10 you have five cars in the top 10 that are fords yeah so i think they fixed something they've done something correct in the all whatever they did it was the right move (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) whatever it was (laughs) okay well on that note did anyone have anything they wanted to add discuss what or we can just go into some predictions for fontana i did want to just kind of uh uh just give a really nice quick shout out to uh ryan blaney only because uh and, and i know we were going to touch on it a little bit but i thought the kid had a really good day i actually really thought he was going to pull this out obviously he didn't as far as the penske drivers is concerned don't be surprised if he not just win, wins one race this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if Blaney rattles off at least a couple of wins this year. I'm going to be honest with you because I, I like the way he's driving. I, I don't know what it is about those guys over at Penske, but uh, Blaney just seems like he has, he's missing something to, to just kind of like uh, close out the deal. But don't be surprised if he rattles off a couple of wins this season. I, I, I can actually see Blaney pulling that off. No, I agree. With um, what Renee has to say about Blaney, I think he's been pretty solid all season. I mean, right now, his I mean his his numbers won't show it. He's averaging a start of thirteen point five, and then his average finish so far has been nineteen nineteen and a half so far. So he's about in that nineteen to twenty range. But this weekend, they look real sharp on Friday when they went to qualifying. They got the pole, and that was his sixth one, as a matter of fact. And today, I feel he ran a really good race. It was just a matter of that caution just didn't come out, and when that that caution before happened, I think that really jacked some people's strategy. They didn't get enough fuel. They had enough fuel in the car, but it just wasn't enough to get to the end. They were probably banking on a caution, which typically happens at ISM, and yeah. unfortunately, they just didn't get that deal broken. But coming home in third after giving that up to Kyle Busch, I think they had a solid day, and I think they'll continue to build up off of that as they move along. Here's another yes or no question. Team Penske, they're doing good across motorsports. Joseph Newgarden actually won the IndyCar race that we didn't really talk about, but I've mentioned earlier. Penske, I've always been a fan of all things Team Penske for whatever reason. And as you guys know, Joseph, that's my main man ever since I hung out with him in or at the formula one race of all things which is crazy hung out with this guy all weekend i've I've told the story before but didn't even know he was 
that Joseph, but cool guy. So I always root for <laughs> Joseph when it comes to IndyCar. And I, you know, I'm a Tony Kanaan fan as well, but Tony. Whoop, whoop, me too. Yeah, Tony's <laughs> been racing forever. I actually, the ironic thing is, there are a few IndyCar drivers that I like, but I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole on hashtag Tam's rant because you guys just don't want to hear it. Well, maybe you do want to hear it. I just don't feel like talking. Okay, moving on. But yeah, so yes or no question for you guys. Team Penske, will Team Penske, one of the three drivers in the NASCAR Cup Series, take the championship for 2019? Kenny, what say you? Mm, I'm going to say no, actually. Renee? I'm going to say no, too. Okay. Well, I think we gave our predictions. I, you guys already know I'm I'm rolling with Denny Hamlin for the season champ. He's better show me a little bit something coming up. And on that note, let's go into some predictions. Let's do it. I want to re- remind the listeners. This is very important. Listen up. Put your earbuds in. Turn the volume up. <laughs> important announcement. In fact, after I make this announcement, you you guys may need to hit pause. I need Every one of you that is listening to head over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes, if you're on the iPhone, leave a comment, rate and review and hit subscribe. This podcast can only go so say you. So as long as you guys are leaving us comments, the better this podcast can be because that means we have more listeners and so on and so on. Hopefully that makes sense to you guys. If you're listening on your Android, check us out on Google Play. We're also on Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and wherever else you listen to your podcast. The topic of YouTube has come up a couple of times, and I guess at some point we'll put the episodes on YouTube for those who are YouTubers. So on that note, let's go into some predictions. It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Renee, who you got for Fontana, our home track? Well, technically my home track. You live here, but you're from Texas. So (laughs) my home track. Well, no, actually, let me add one thing to that because Fontana is not L.A. So that's technically not my (laughs) home track, but you guys understand. That is is very true. (laughs) Renee, who you got? Okay, whether it's your hometown track or my hometown track, doesn't matter. This is who will be in victory lane this coming weekend in Fontana. I I have just kind of been thinking and, and kind of deciding where where my heart is going to go and how it's going to play out uh, towards the end of the week. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to go with Kyle Busch once again. I think he's going to be the first driver to go back to back this year. He's going to get his 200th win. And I just think he's going to ride that. He's just going to ride that wave. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I know sometimes to get to that 200 or to get to that next mark can always be the toughest, but I I just think he's just riding just with so much momentum right now. It's it's just going to carry on over to next week in Texas. As far as my alternative pick is concerned, I am actually going to go with Kevin Harvick. If I had to have an alternative pick, it's going to be Kevin Harvick. Now, I will throw one more thing in, though. He may not win. He may not even be my alternative pick. 
but I'm going to tell you because we talked about it way at the beginning of the podcast. Kenny, Tam, watch for Jimmy Johnson to have a really good day coming up in Fontana. I don't know what it is, but I know he'll probably crack at least the top seven. I hope that he does because I really want Jimmy Johnson to get back on track. But nevertheless, Kyle Busch is going to come away with the checkered flag. And my alternative pick is Kevin Harvick, the number four. Okay. Kenny, who you got? All right. So I actually have the exact same pick in terms of my first pick in Kyle Busch. I think it just like Renee just said, he's riding off that coattail of winning and sweeping a weekend, as a matter of fact. And I think also something to note, this is the exact same track. He got his first win in Cup Series in 2005. And actually, at the time, he was one of the youngest drivers to do so there. So I think that'll be something good for him to do. And what a place that would be for him to get another win and tally that up to 200 for this upcoming Sunday. So that's going to be my first pick. And then my alternative pick, I'm going to go with Martin Truex Jr. He had a solid second place finish this past weekend at ISM. And I also think given he won the race last year, I think he has a pretty good shot at going out there and taking the win. And it'll be huge for him to get his first win at Gibbs for 2019. So those are my picks. How about you, Tim? Okay. Listen up, listeners. Little history <laughs> lesson. As Kenny pointed out, because stats is his thing, Kyle Bush got his first win at the Auto Club. We always say Fontana, but the correct name of the track is the Auto Club. As Kenny said, Kyle Busch got his first win in 2005 at the Auto Club. He's actually won three races at the Auto Club. His last win came in 2014. Martin Truex Jr., who is Kenny's alternative pick, he actually won the race last year in Fontana. And Renee, who is your alternative pick? Harvick. Harvick. Happy Harvick. Last win at the Auto Club was in 2011. Now, Renee's alternative, alternative pick, Jimmy Johnson, he's a winner. That's all he does is win. And that's technically his home track because he's from California. Mr. Seven Time is a six-time winner at the Auto Club in Fontana. I don't think Jimmy is going to get right this weekend, but I do agree with Renee. I do think he's going to crack the top 10. For once on this podcast, I think we are all in agreement that Kyle Busch very well could win this race, but I'm going to go a little bit different with my alternative pick. My alternative pick is going to be Denny Hamlin. I threw y'all for a loop because actually, huh. I don't think wow. Hamlin's ever won at Fontana. <laughs> wow, I think that's, might be right. that was I don't a think shocker. So. Yeah, he I don't know. Has... Should I even be picking him? I, I kind of wanted to go with Brad Keselowski, but I'm going to stick with Denny Hamlin as my alternative. So those are my picks. Those are Renee's picks, Kenny's picks. Unless you guys have anything else to talk about, we're going to wrap this podcast. All right. Mm, I well, think we are all Anybody good. else got anything? Uh, otherwise, I'll close it out. Well, close us good, out. All right. We'll be in Fontana. All righty. So listen, for Tam, for Kenny, and we always appreciate my man Kenny coming on the show. Thank you very much. Please. Please listen to Tam, go to and subscribe, rate and review and leave a comment for us on All Turns No Breaks. Thank you for listening. And as like always, be kind to each other and we will see you again next week. Bye bye. Subscribe. <laughs> 
Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee.